Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is the 23rd of June, and it's a Tuesday, and it's 2020. And, you know, this week is kind of lullish with a lot going on, a lot being said, and, you know, another Clinton body count. But uh, I digress. But we have a lot of conversations that we need to have. Uh, a lot of conversations uh, that um, are not being had, are not uh, being talked about uh, in regards to our elections. Now, the president keeps talking about how the Democrats are trying to steal the election via mail-in ballot, and that's valid. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're allowing people to riot and burn things and gather in thousands, you know, in open areas, then we can vote. Uh, but, you know. They're going to bring back coronavirus and with a vengeance. I um, did tell you that. And then we're going to have riots again because that's not going to work. So we're going to have riots again because uh, there won't be any charges. Now, I do have a video that I will be sharing um, of what is going on with this whole George Floyd thing. You know, it's pretty interesting we got the footage, the body cam footage from Atlanta. We got the body cam footage of everything, but we have no body cam footage from those four officers. And I'm using air quotes. You can't see that. So I'm telling you, we don't have their body cam footage, which is interesting because they can't say, well, it's a criminal investigation. It doesn't matter. We're supposed to have access to it because the video is not going to change. Right. So we can see it. Right. And public opinion doesn't matter. Right. Because Keith Ellison already made up his mind. Right. So here is where we can, uh, you know, see what is being had in front of us, which is a charade, a facade. Lies, 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 lies. A beautiful lies. Tell me lies. We should play that song again. Mm. Now, Yesterday, we talked about John Bolton and how I said, you know, the book was funny because for me, it was a joke, but it was also funny because I could just count up the sentences of how many years he should be in Leavenworth. At this point, he should be a Gitmo because it's illegal. The things he was saying in there are illegal. And a lot of people reading it don't understand just what a huge breach in national security this is. And it's almost as if it's done on purpose. So that way... The countries that are aligning with President Trump and against them, who's them, not just the Democrats, the Democrats are the face and Republicans. Let's not forget them. They're the face of those that wish to control. When people understand that this is not simply Democrats versus Republicans, but actual good versus evil, it'll all make sense. But it's very difficult to do so. Very difficult to get people on board with such an idea because it's beyond what anybody might believe is in fact happening. So let's take a listen to what President Trump had to say about John Bolton in uh, his interview with Fox and Friends. Take a listen. John Bolton, as his new book hits shelves today, saying that he should go to jail for publishing classified information. Well, here to react is Fox News senior judicial analyst, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Uh, judge, in those comments the president made yesterday, anticipating the release of his book today, he expanded on what legally he has to go on with that. I want to see what you think about the, uh, about the president's case. Uh, John Bolton came out and said, that's not, that doesn't work with country to country. What's your reaction? Uh, look, this is a guy with no personality. All he wanted to do is drop bombs on everybody. 
He got us. He was one of the many people that got us into the war in the Middle East, which was a big mistake. I said to him, let me ask you, do you think recently? I said, what did you think? He said, I think we made the right decision. I said, you lost me there. It was the worst decision in the history of our country. I know you may disagree with that. Worst. Well, now you might agree. At the time, you would have, you know, felt differently. But also the Libyan model. You know what that means, right? Look it up. One of the dumbest things ever said, I think it was said on Deface the Nation, the Libyan model. He said the Libyan model. That was set us back. You have no idea. John Bolton was a stupid guy, and he was a guy with no heart. I'm so glad. First of all, Deface the Nation, not Face the Nation. Love that. Great job. But I like the fact that President Trump is talking about what we talked about on the Tory Says Show yesterday. Libya, Syria, Lebanon, all that stuff. That was all John Bolton. Anyway, let's listen to what the president has to say, because he says it so much better than I do. And he also had a statement that he would lie whenever he had to. He has that statement. It's a well-known statement. And I fired him. And I didn't think it was a big deal. And I didn't I wasn't around him very much. But what he did do is he took classified information and he published it during a presidency. It's not you know, it's one thing to write a book after, during. And I believe that he's a criminal. And I believe, frankly, he should go to jail for that. Judge, I, I know you are pretty I don't know if you've read the well, book, but what do you think? Yeah, no, I have not read the book, Brian. I, uh, the, my familiarity with the book is based upon the legal pleadings that the DOJ filed. And quite frankly, on your terrific interview with him yesterday, which is very, uh, very enlightening, the president has a good point. It's almost unheard of that someone would be accused, a, a former a confidant of the president's, of spilling national security secrets during the same presidency. Uh, but the Justice Department has two problems here. One is they waited too long, too late to bring this action to stop the book from being published uh, before a court. So the court basically said, look, if this stuff is so serious, why weren't you here a month ago? Why did you wait until after 250,000 copies of his book uh, had been uh, distributed? The other is, I don't know what the secrets are in this book. And the judge didn't know what the secrets were in the book until they went into chambers with just John Bolton's lawyer and the DOJ lawyers mm -hmm. and the judge and the press wasn't there. And they pointed out what the national security secrets are. So at some point we will find out, Brian, just how serious and how damaging this is. If it's serious and damaging, the president is right. The Justice Department can pursue John. They can they can get an, a judge to order Simon and Schuster, his publisher, to preserve all income derived from the but, sale of the book. But judge, and the Justice you know, Department can attempt to seize that. Judge, as they you can know, also that judge try and persuade could, a grand jury right. that this was a criminal act. So the president, the president's right. The issue is, was it a criminal act? Are there secrets in there? One last thing, Brian. In the DOJ's complaint against John Bolton, they reflect that at one point he did receive clearance for the book. That's what I was going to say. He did. Yeah. And then a new team came in, right. headed by Bob O'Brien, the, the current national security advisor. And that team said, we don't like the book. There's too many things in there that shouldn't be published. You've got to get them out. <laughs> 
And here's the thing. The things that were put in there uh, don't jump out at people that don't understand foreign policy or uh, the operations of the international office or um, relations that we have between other nations. So they're not readily identifiable by, I would say, about 20% of the readers. But when you read a book and you're not just reading for the sake of reading and you're comprehending, that is where you get that sense. And also, there is a lot of concern in the book. Like I said, he's just, I was counting up. Like when I reached like 120 years in jail, I stopped counting. I was like, whoa, did he just say that? Whoa. Remember I told you that yesterday because I actually read the book. Unlike most of these pundits that talk, none of them read the book. I read the book. The book is a breach of national security period. And this, the judge, the judge should have been clear to say, all right, you are the national security, you know, advisor right now to the president, Mr. O'Brien. I have to acknowledge this. What kind of judge overrides the needs of national security? You have to think about that because I've been circling back to the benches. I mean, we're going to see SCOTUS gate blow up so quick, so quick, but, um, the judges are the problem here. They're the ones that are supposed to be enforcing the law, protecting our nation, ensuring that justice stands blind. And this is not happening today. But, and, Judge, you know from the filing what, the, what it also said was because uh, Mr. Bolton contacted the Department of Justice or uh, the NSA and said, OK, uh, you're going to sign off on this. And they said on May the 7th, they said, we'll let you know on, I think, June 19th, uh, last Friday. But the books had already been published. So what, you know, going forward, whether or not they find, uh, look for criminal liability, is this really, uh, you know, a, a, a lawsuit that this administration wants played out in court? Probably not, Steve. That's a great question because everybody's going to have to testify uh, if they do, including the people no longer in the National Security Council in the Donald Trump's White House, who authorized the printing of the book several months ago and uh, on which John Bolton relied when he told his publisher, yeah, I'm clear, you can go ahead uh, and print it. it. It will be a little bit embarrassing, but, you know, the president knows what these secrets are. I don't. We don't. So it depends on what they are and how damaging they might be. Uh, the Justice Department might might be wise to sit on its hands. It might be unwise to sit on its hands. We're going to have to wait and see. Judge, the people who are the diehard Trumpers, they're going to vote for him no matter what. The liberals who hate him, they're not going to vote for him. They'll vote for Biden. How does this affect the middle of the road, someone who hasn't made up their mind yet? You know, that's a great question. Uh, the president's doing a very effective job, I think, as he did with Brian yesterday, in undermining uh, John Bolton's uh, credibility. Uh, in fact, I saw some old clips of an interview I did with John Bolton on my old Freedom Watch show on uh, Fox Business, uh, in which he said, sometimes certain truths are so strong that you have to lie in order to protect them. I looked at him, I said, John, what are you talking about? He said, I said, would you lie to, to protect a truth? And he said, yes, of course I would. I don't know, Ainsley, if the American people really get into the weeds on that. I think the American people will take the big picture mm -hmm. on, on Donald Trump. Either you like him because of what he's doing or you don't like him because of the way he does it. Judge, I don't know how you did it. That background, your head's perfect between your lamps. Right. And I mean, it's just <laughs> ideal. I don't know who you set to Every morning, 
Every morning, somebody gets in my ear and says, "Move a half an inch." There. 有些人看我的视频。Come just a little closer. Move back. We have that same voice in our head. I can't wait to come back in the studio with you guys. I know it is nice to be back. Those chairs are beautiful, by the way. All right. Okay. Chairs are beautiful. <laughs> the bottom line here is crimes were committed. Okay. Crimes were committed, and you know it seems as if nobody wants to talk about that. And here's the thing. They were smart. The publishing company was smart. I mean, you deploy this book, you sue, but then people have to come and testify. Now, you know, since this is criminal, it can be sealed,、uh, but there's always a risk of leaking.、Uh, so this is a consideration that is being taken seriously by the Trump administration because we do pursue,、uh, you know, criminal action. There will be testifying, and there may be other disgruntled persons that may come in. Remember. When working for le- for positions at this level, just like John Bolton said,、uh, you're trained to lie when you have to, and he's lied to make sure that we can get into Iraq so we can fulfill his list of you know what countries we need to destroy that I told you about yesterday. This is a, this is a very big deal. This is a very, very big deal, and you know it, it seems like、uh, almost everybody and their mother is pushing、uh, to make sure that、uh, you know our nation fails, which is disheartening. Well, so that- and、uh, here I was going to play President Trump speaking、uh, in regards to the vandalizing of these statues. You know, we're eradicating history. This is something that helps. Uh, powerful people, people with bad intentions, to、um, eradicate your history in order to push false history and promote their ideologies. So, take a listen to what he had to say here, impromptu kind of、uh, presser. That's good, and we're going to be doing a number of other things. We're going to be making a speech to young people in Arizona. And we'll be meeting with some of the Arizona officials to talk about their border and how strong it's become. It's become very strong.、Uh, last night we stopped an attack on a great monument, the monument of Andrew Jackson in Lafayette Park. And I just want to thank law enforcement; they did a great job. We were working very closely with the White House Secret Service and. Some of our executives. It was really they did a great job. They stopped the call.、Uh, numerous people are in jail and going to jail today.、Uh, people are already there, but we're looking at long-term sentences under the act. We have a very specific monuments act, and we are looking at long-term jail sentences for these vandals and these hoodlums and these anarchists and agitators. And call them whatever you want. Some people don't like that language, but that's what they are. They're bad people. They don't love our country, and they're not taking down our monuments. I just want to make that clear. And other than that, go ahead, Mr. President. Do you have an executive order regarding the monument? What will it accomplish? I will have an executive order very shortly, and all it's really going to do is reinforce what's already there, but in a more uniform way. Okay. I, I want to also say this. If the state governments, because you see them all over in Seattle, they're very weak, and in Minnesota, they might need help. If they need help, the federal government is willing to help them. If these hoodlums come around, these are not protesters, by the way. These are 
these are anarchists and other things. If these hoodlums come around and if the states can't handle it, we are ready, willing, and able to help, as we did in Minnesota, where we stopped after four days. They finally called, and we did a great job with the National Guard. Mr. President, when you said you were, when you said you were, yeah, Hogan Gidley, not for that reason, because as you probably have heard, Fox had the highest ratings on a Saturday night in the history of Fox. So uh, that's the ultimate poll, I guess. But. The ratings on Saturday night for Fox were the highest ratings in the history of Fox News, which is, I guess, a long history. So that was the number one Saturday night in history. Uh, we actually had a nice crowd, uh, and despite all of the warnings and everything else that other networks were trying to do, despite the fact that we had some pretty bad people waiting there, waiting, uh, they shouldn't have been, maybe some of the same people I just talked about. We had a nice crowd, but we had the highest ratings in the history of Fox on Saturday night. And online, I heard the record was unbelievable. I heard the numbers were unbelievable. I think you probably know that. What were the numbers online, do you know? Well, you should know, because you should report it. Mr. President, Mr. President at that rally, when you said you asked your people to slow down testing, were you just kidding, or do you have a plan to slow down testing? I don't kid. Let me just tell you. Let me make it clear. We have got the greatest testing program anywhere in the world. We test better than anybody in the world. Our tests are the best in the world, and we have the most of them. By having more tests, we find more cases. We did 25 plus, 25 million tests. Think of that, 25 million. If you look at other countries, they did 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, big countries. We did 25 million, way more by double, triple, quadruple any other country. Therefore, we test, we're going to have more cases. By having more cases, it sounds bad. But actually what it is, is we're finding people. Many of those people aren't sick or very little. You know, they may be young people. But what's happened is because of all of the cases that we find, we have a very low mortality rate, just about the best in the world. So that's the advantage to the testing along with other things. But just remember this. The reason we have more cases than other countries is because our testing is so much. Other countries... Other countries, listen, other countries do very little testing by comparison. So we're going to do this year, right now, up till yesterday, I think they told me, we're over 25 million tests. Other countries are at 2 million, 3 million. Here's what I say. Testing is a double-edged sword. In one way, it tells you you have cases. In another way, you find out where the cases are, and you do a good job. We are doing a great job. We have never been credited for it. We're doing the best testing job anywhere in the world. We're doing the best ventilator job anywhere in the world. We're now supplying ventilators to the entire world. Nobody else has done that. Nobody else. People don't, countries don't have ventilators. They call the United States. We've done a great job. We have not been given credit for it. The other thing, the Tulsa rally was incredible. Despite all of the horrible, ominous warnings that you people put out over a period of two weeks, 
The crowd was wonderful. It was a great, they were warriors. It was a great crowd. But many of them stayed home and watched television. And what happened is Fox on Saturday night had the biggest rating in the history of Fox television. Thank you very much, everybody. I can't believe... I can't believe that they were trying to get him on the record to say that he wanted his slow testing down. Now, as we know, Fauci is testifying right now, so we should talk about that. Um, but before we do, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, the primary elections going on now in New York. So I published an article right before I came live. Maybe this is why uh, there was a an issue with my connection. But if you notice yesterday, I posted some uh, information on how everybody can actually join in and have access freely from wherever they are in the world to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's phone bank. Now, this is also going to lead to a lot of scams, you know, from people in other nations like Jamaica, Nigeria, India, you know, where they're scamming people. Because on these phone banks, you have access to name, addresses and telephone numbers of people that are the voting pool of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They are not vetting the people that are using their phone back here. I remember when I used a phone bank to um, make calls on behalf of President Trump during the 2016 elections uh, that, you know, I had to be verified. Uh, they needed my identification and they knew who I was and I had a certain key. For some reason, the Democrats are not taking the same care. And so obviously we sat in on them. So you don't have to, uh, for all the training sessions. But what was alarming is, is that her links and her information to log in were found on Weibo and WeChat in China, which means that now we have Chinese bot farms making calls, um, you know, to people within the United States and Alexandria Ocasio's Cortez's campaign has now opened up the floodgates to scammers, you know, telephone scammers that are telling you, that you better pay us or buy us a gift card. You know, there's some vulnerable people or, you know, obviously scammers are going to know that the people that are on her call bank are probably migrants, illegal migrants. So here's where they're going to terrify them. Like, we're going to come get you. We're going to deport you. We're going to call ICE, pay us. I guarantee you this is going to happen. This is going to happen. But regardless of the repercussions and the liability that her campaign should have towards the people within her phone bank, which is of high concern, regardless if they're idiot libtards, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve, regardless if they're illegal migrants, they don't de deserve to be terrorized and, and um, you know, uh, blackmailed into obedience and paying people extortion money uh, so that they can stay safe. That That is not right. But regardless, what we need to talk about is the fact that we have election meddling uh, from foreign entities, that we have people from other countries calling on behalf of people. And we saw this again. And I thank God for Nathaniel, who sent me that article because I had forgotten um, that it was actually reported on. But Australians were actually caught making phone calls for Bernie Sanders back in 2016. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is how, why haven't we had this conversation? Why is this even allowed? This shouldn't even be allowed. So the concerns that we all have in regards to our safety of information uh, lies here. 
your information at the hands of anybody around the world for the sake of them winning the elections. This is the problem. Now, follow-up article will go on that, demonstrating the legal liabilities that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's campaign may have, considering that I just noticed that the majority of the, um, the, the, the logins through a certain website, uh, it was actually found on, <laughs> just gonna say, you're gonna watch the scam- scams go skyrocket, and it's as if they want it to happen. It's, it's, it's the most insane thing. So an article should be written on the possible liability that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's campaign has to exposing private identifying information to nations across the world, like Nigeria and, you know, Jamaica that are constantly calling and purporting these scams. So this is a big deal. This is a very big deal. And it's also a big deal that we have 20% of the world's population now spreading around her link and possibly making phone calls on behalf of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, you know, that doesn't stop any American citizen to call and help and make sure people remember why they don't want Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Maybe, hey, I have all your information because she put it out there on the Internet. So... Maybe you shouldn't be voting for her. You know, that would be a simple statement. Anyway, I'll see you guys um, shortly after this break where we'll pick up on this and more. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Sess Show. So um, I uh, wanted to say now people are understanding, uh, you know, that news is news. And just uh, about, I guess, 20 minutes ago, uh, it was announced that Obama is going to be holding a virtual fundraiser for Biden. Now, I already knew that because uh, we penetrated Biden's campaign um, from phone banking to ideas. And one thing that I did mention in my article that I wrote about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez using, uh, you know, possibly possibly having foreigners really uh, making phone calls on her behalf for the primary today in New York Um you know, was that he Biden's team has hired a barrage of programmers, specifically those that work for companies that have been sold or are a part of these deep fake video companies, which is huge. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, they were discussing on having a virtual fundraiser uh, by either Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, or even Biden. And Biden, for some reason, is off the radar. And that's probably because he's recycling some spare parts. Um, you know, clone lives matter, right? Um so uh, this would be the dry run to see the modes, methods, and means of them communicating and what is most lucrative. So you're going to see an all-around fundraiser, and Fox actually talked about it this uh, just a little while ago. Here you go. Um, President Trump is already heading to Arizona. He'll hold an in-person rally there today. This, as President Obama is going to hold a virtual fundraiser for Joe Biden. Let's bring in Hillary Vaughan. What do you have on this, Hillary? 
Stuart, this is the first time President Obama will be campaigning for former Vice President Joe Biden, as opposed to with him sharing the same ticket. Remember, Obama waited until the very last minute to endorse his former VP, holding out until every other candidate had dropped out of the race before throwing his support behind Biden. But now he is attending a virtual fundraiser on Biden's behalf uh, alongside former Vice President Joe Biden as well. The campaign has been teasing this event for over a week. The event is not exclusive, though, to top dollar donors. Instead, anyone who chips in any amount or any donation can actually stream in to this virtual fundraising event. Biden, despite being forced into virtual fundraising only online, had one of his best fundraising months last month in May, beating out for the first time the money that the Trump campaign brought in. Biden and the DNC raising over $80 million, $6 million more than President Trump and the RNC pulled in for May. The Trump campaign, though, still has a lot more cash on hand, over $150 million more than the Biden camp has. And the Trump team is on track, Stuart, to raise over a billion dollars this summer so far, just in the past year. Stuart? All right, Hillary, thank well, you know, the one thing that people need to understand is that um, Joe Biden, uh, his campaign is getting a lot of funds from Germany, which is bizarre in itself, um, considering this should be an American election, right? So um, I wanted to play my favorite, Tucker Carlson, who talked about why mobs are tearing down America's monuments. For those of you that don't uh, get to see him, watch him and hear him, you know, it's always going to be on Tory Says when he says amazing things. We talked about this, too. I think he puts it uh, very, uh, he gives it a very good um, breath of fresh air. Uh, mine is more hopeful than his. <laughs> I think uh, sometimes Tucker gets so upset that um, it's all pessimism. But I have hope because I guess maybe someone might say I might be an insider. So I have a lot of hope. Take a listen to what Tucker had to say. Over the country, as you know, and there's a reason for it. Over the weekend, most recently, doubtless you've heard of this, city officials announced their plan to remove the statue of Teddy Roosevelt from outside New York's Museum of Natural History. The bronze statue has stood there in the Theodore Roosevelt Rotunda facing Central Park since before the Second World War. Soon it will be gone. People who erected that statue 80 years ago would be confused by this, no doubt. They did not consider Teddy Roosevelt a controversial figure. In fact, Roosevelt was the most popular president in American history. He was also the most American president. No other country could have produced Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt's virtues mirrored the values of America. He was physically brave. He was profoundly literate, highly self-disciplined, and amazingly energetic. While still a college student, Roosevelt wrote a two-volume history of the War of 1812 that is still in print today. You can buy it on Amazon. He was the youngest president in our history. He saved our economy from corporate monopolies. And by doing that, he made the American middle class possible. He created the national parks. He created the Panama Canal, the Food and Drug Administration. And then he kept going. The list of Teddy Roosevelt's achievements fills entire shelves of biographies, those are in addition to the more than 40 books he wrote himself on topics ranging from Oliver Cromwell to cattle ranching to social justice. Personally, Roosevelt was a famously decent man. In 1901, he invited his friend Booker T. Washington to dinner. No African-American had ever eaten in the White House. Democrats roared with rage at the idea. For the crime of having a meal with a black man, they attacked Teddy Roosevelt and his wife for the rest of their lives. But Roosevelt never bowed. He gave the finger to the mob 
and he continued cheerfully on. Teddy Roosevelt was a hero to millions of Americans. He still is. That's precisely why they're tearing down his statue. They know that if they can force you to watch as they topple your heroes, they have won. There is nothing they can't do next. They can decide how you raise your children, how you vote, what you're allowed to believe. Once they've humiliated you, they can control you. And that's why across the country, mobs are tearing down America's monuments. In the cities of Richmond and St. Paul, Minnesota, they've torn down statues of Christopher Columbus. They did the same thing in Boston. Boston's mayor now says it's time to remove a statue of Abraham Lincoln, the man who freed the slaves. It's racist. In Dallas, they pulled a Texas Ranger statue out of the airport after more than 50 years. In Dearborn, Michigan, they toppled the statue of the former mayor. They did the same thing in Philadelphia. In Nashville, they pulled down a statue of a former U.S. senator. Same in Albany. In Oregon, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington were torn down. In San Francisco, the mob demolished statues of Ulysses S. Grant, Junipero Serra, and Francis Scott Key. On the pedestal of the Key Monument, they spray-painted, Kill the Colonizers and Kill Whitey, just in case you missed the point. One thing all of these Americans, now canceled, have in common, not one of them fought for the Confederacy. Pulling down their statues had nothing to do with the Civil War, at least not the first Civil War, the one that took place 150 years ago. Democrats understand that very well, and they support all of it. In every place where the mob has destroyed public monuments, Democratic leaders have backed them as they did it. But at the same time, and you should know this, so have many Republicans. Last week, a mob in downtown Washington, D.C. decided to tear down a statue of a man called Albert Pike. Pike was famous as a journalist and a poet and later as a prominent Freemason. For less than a year, from late November of 1861 to mid-July of 1862, Pike served in the Confederate Army. Pike was later arrested for treason against the Confederacy, and he faced execution for that. But in the end, it didn't save him from the mob. They set fire to Pike's effigy as it lay on the ground. At least one prominent conservative tweeted his approval of this. Republicans in Congress said nothing at all, and they could have. Pike's now-destroyed statue is owned by the National Park Service. It's federal property. Tearing it down was a federal crime. But no one in Washington even considered enforcing that law. Kevin McCarthy of California, the top Republican in the House, was not in a position to say much of anything. McCarthy has endorsed the removal of statues that the left has designated as racist. Last week, as violent mobs roamed the country destroying public property, Kevin McCarthy refused to acknowledge it on his official Twitter account. On Wednesday, McCarthy did manage to send a very emphatic tweet calling for sanctions against Syria, quote, to hold the Assad regime responsible for its atrocities. Elected Republicans, almost all of them, are in no hurry to stop the disorder. They appear to believe what we're watching is a version of the Rodney King riots from 1992. People saw an upsetting video on the Internet. They're angry, and that's understandable. But they'll calm down soon, and we can get back to cutting capital gains taxes and sanctioning Bashar al-Assad. That's their view of it. They are wrong. This is not a momentary civil disturbance. This is a serious and highly organized political movement. It is not superficial. It is deep and profound. It has vast ambitions. It is insidious. It will grow. Its goal is to end liberal democracy and challenge Western civilization itself. This is an ideological movement. The ideas that fuel it have incubated for decades on college campuses. We paid for all of it, by the way. The rest of us were so thrilled that our kids got into Duke that we decided to ignore what Duke was actually teaching them and just continued to send big checks. That was a mistake. It was one of the gravest mistakes we've ever made. We didn't appreciate the stakes involved at the time, and as a result of that, we became easy marks for their lies. 
Even now, so many of us continue to pretend that this is about police brutality. It's about the death of a man called George Floyd in Minneapolis. We still imagine we can fix it by regulating chokeholds or spending more on de-escalation training. We are too literal. We're too good-hearted to understand what's really happening. Our decency is the mob's main weapon against us. We have no idea who we're up against. For most people, the primary joy in life is the act of creation, making something good and useful, whether it's dinner for your family or a deck off the back of your house or a solid day at work. The most profound act of creation, of course, is having children, new life itself. Healthy societies celebrate all of this. They understand that the impulse to create is how civilizations are built. But they also recognize that there are forces arrayed against creation, and they vigilantly defend themselves against those. In every society, there are those who seek to destroy. They destroy for the same reason that troubled boys torture dogs or shoot house cats. Inflicting pain makes them feel powerful. We used to call people like that antisocial forces. They still exist. We just pretend they don't. Or worse, we excuse their behavior. We coddle them. We fund them. Wall Street sends the money in the hope that they will be destroyed last. The rest of us just look on confused. We don't really know what's happening. But the destroyers know. They know exactly what's going on. Never in American history have they been more emboldened than they are now. Just this afternoon around lunchtime, an activist called Sean King issued the following demand on Twitter. Quote, all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should also come down. They are a gross form of white supremacy created as tools of oppression, racist propaganda. They should all come down. Now, remember uh, last week and yesterday, I, um, I, during my show, I was telling you that what they want to do is to rewrite history. And someone was nice enough um, uh, over the weekend to send me a quote by George Orwell. Here it is. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. Now, the party is always right, is how it ends. And I thank the person for sending it to me on Sunday uh, because, uh, you know, I, I went through most of my stuff. Um, uh, you know, uh, Monday morning, I go through, I, I mean, I try every morning to go through all the emails and messages. And it's important that we amplify this. Uh, the reason I say this is because uh, this is exactly what we are experiencing right now. This is what they have been doing. And the most dangerous generation, aside from the fact that we believe that anyone born after, you know, 2000 is the most dangerous or those that were born in the late 90s are dangerous. The most dangerous generation for any such movement that is uh, pushing this like uh, AOC are the ones that were born between 1975 and I would say 1988 
because it was during that period of time there was there was a big shift and push in technology uh you know from no video games to having video games from no internet to having internet from no cell phones to having cell phones uh these are the people that can adapt and what everyone needs to do is learn where the limitations are adapt and shift and move along so you can push through the noise uh it's kind of like dieting you plateau at some point you got to mix it up right so here is where we need to push and um, you know adapt learn how they operate and then push through the counter message the push against it you know we're seeing a lot happening but we're not really seeing it uh, you know people are like no one's going to jail guys berman was fired now, I'm still waiting for that source to come back to me. And I sent them an email early this morning and said, listen, if you don't tell me uh, that I can use that, I'm just going to push an article and just um, put out the information that I heard. But I'd really like to use the audio because it's really important that people hear the AG of New York and the fired U.S. attorney talk about the concerns. And the concerns and the biggest story is not about them burying the Ukraine stuff. It's not. It's about over $1 billion that de Blasio's wife cannot account for. Where is that money going? It is about those actions. It is about Epstein. It is about, 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 about. There is so much about, about all these New York City officers, uh, committing suicide about the discussion was very interesting. It was very interesting because see, if the AG is not willing to push through and uh, prosecute on behalf of the citizens of New York city who have lost a billion dollars, well, that's where the feds step in and say, prosecutor, you got to do something. You get what I'm trying to tell you? Because the next person on that list is the AG of New York. No U.S. attorney is safe. No AG huh, is safe. None. And that's going to be coming. Those that have been protecting child traffickers, pedophiles, theft from their own citizens. Those are going to be coming down. But unfortunately, we have so many fires at our feet right now that we're focused on that. Because for some reason... We're not doing it right anymore. Push, guys. You're the news. You are the ones. The president said it. Bolton told you that. He doesn't know who his outsiders are because the outsiders are you. Do not. Do not give in. Do not let others tell you, oh, you think this? Do not because we're in control now. We have infiltrated every single facet of these clowns. Now, I don't know how many times I have to say it. And it's really, it is, it is quite dangerous. I have to say it is, it is, it is. But what we have to do is organize in a non-organized way, meaning all of us should do our part. Those of you that are out there, do your part. Look, they're manipulating polls, right? So that way they can make uh, the results of what they're trying to rig correct. I mean, if the polls are saying Biden's winning and Biden wins, then he wins. No, that's not the way it works. Because they told you Hillary Clinton would win by 98%. Huh. 
She didn't. Wait till you see the virtual campaign Barack Hussein Obama is studying. You will see what platforms are going to be used, what modes of fundraising are going to be used. Listen to his words and watch him repeat things from Bolton's book. Because then you will understand. Now, in the meantime, just like Tucker said, we have people like Kevin McCarthy who's sitting there talking about Syria when it should be like, listen, we've got the Russians there taking the lead on that. It's done. It's super done. So uh, we can pause on that because what we need to focus on is what's happening right now. The diffusion of all these false flag attacks that are coming. The fact that they want to bring back coronavirus. The fact that we have all these people working against us for it. That's what we need to focus about because we need to protect the American people. And that's what sucks. We can't focus on the future because today you're at risk. Today your children are at risk at the hands of these insane people. And sometimes, you know, when I watch them speak, when I saw uh, the uh, expose that we'll talk about after the break um, that James O'Keefe so nicely put together uh, in regards to Facebook, listening to these people, listening to them, talking about how, you know, they're right, everybody else is wrong, uh, you know, people are crazy, they're bigots. I actually, I, you know, my heart breaks because I'm just like, these people are delusional. These people have no idea. These people are really, really, really sad. In the meantime, our president is heading over to Arizona right now. We've got... Almost everybody and their mother up in the air doing things. Um, and there is a lot going on in Alabama, you guys. I'm hearing so much chatter in Alabama. It's ridiculous, which makes me think, hmm, hmm, what's going on in Alabama? Hmm. Very interesting. Now, um, we do have, uh, you know, uh, issues with, uh, nature as well. Uh, some 7.4 earthquake happened, uh, about an hour ago in Mexico city. Uh, th- that's a pretty big, uh, earthquake, uh, which indicates, uh, that, uh, what should be happening in California as predicted may indeed, um, come true. <laughs> And this is something that scientists have been talking about for a long time, but um, we're going to see uh, the perpetuation of the tectonic plate on that sense. Um, it's 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 really sad if this happens now uh, rather than later, where countermeasures can be released to the public. Because again, I'll say it again and again and again: the technology we have today. Well, the technology you think we have today is nowhere near the technology we actually have. And this is coming from someone who tells you they're a time traveler. So with that in mind, all you have to do is think about how much more are they hiding? What are they not telling us? And why are they not telling us it? The why's because they want control. The how they have been able to maintain it, you can see it in front of you. They don't respect human life. They don't respect humans in general. And they don't like peasants talking to them. Anyway, uh, we're heading out to a break right now. (laughs) Time got away with me. 
on the other end, we'll talk Fauci, we'll talk earthquake, and we'll talk some other stuff. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Wow, it's Tuesday. Doesn't it feel like it's already Thursday for some reason? I don't know. For me, time is a little bit um, escaping me. I feel like I'm moving ahead only because I'm anticipating of what is to come. uh, And I just want to get over with it. It's like I want to sleep and wake up at the end of July only because, you know, I remembered that this was too. Um, you know, this turmoil that we're going through, these uh, ridiculous things that we are seeing, uh, I knew they were happening, but I didn't know to the extent, you know, like when you read history, you're like, yeah, civil war, totally, it's like so bad. But you don't know the intricate details, right, unless you've lived them. The lynching, uh, the killing, uh, the the no regard for life, right? Uh, you can uh, think about it, but unless you live it or see it with your own eyes, uh, you know, you're not going to get it right. So this is, this is where I'm at right now. I, I, I know it's happening and, and I want to go to where it's fresh air and, uh, on the other end. So what, uh, is going on today? So obviously we have the coronavirus task team testifying. See, here's the question. What are they testifying about? Question. Why are we having testifying of these people at the house? What do they want to know? They're, you know what they want to know? The same thing that they're constantly asking. They ask and ask and ask, which is this. Thank you. And again, I want to clarify that neither the yeah, pre- Yes or no will work. Yes or no will work, Admiral. No, Who is she talking to the Admiral like this? You know what they asked? Did President Trump instruct or suggest that we should do less testing? The president has... Neither the president nor anyone in the administration has instructed or suggested that we should do less testing, have said that to me, and we are proceeding in just the opposite. We want to do more testing of higher quality. They're, they're rabid. They're insane. That's all they want. And then we hear Fauci saying stupid things like, well, uh, institutionalized racism has contributed to black Americans in COVID-19. What? Where is he getting this data from? This is pure insanity. Uh, you know, super insanity is, uh, listen to MSNBC. Why don't you cover the protesters and ask why they don't wear masks? Here we go. Listen to this. Are, are they saying about precisely why they're not wearing a mask? Do you mind if I ask you guys, why not wear a mask? It's not about the mask. It's about the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy that it is okay for tens of thousands of people to go and riot, to go and protest. But you cannot have a group of thousands or I don't know how 
many people are, are here. You concerned, this is not okay. Are you concerned about your guys' own health? And that I am not. Why don't you cover the protesters and ask why they aren't wearing a mask? Yeah. Why didn't you do that? The protesters at those events are wearing masks. I'm asking What's you that? guys. I'm asking you guys. I'm asking you a question. Why don't you? I'm ask, asking you. I'm asking you a question. You ask a great number of folks why they were I'm not wearing masks. Why aren't they wearing a mask? But why isn't the liberal news media focusing on them not wearing a mask? Could I ask you, sir, why not you yourself? I'm asking you a question. You didn't answer my question. Answer my question first. Would you like to offer? I mean, does it concern you here? Okay. No, it does not concern me. Why not? Because we've had this okay. virus in the States for how long? Do you think that you really haven't come across somebody who hasn't had it in prize? Well, they just got owned. But see, this is it. This is it. Nobody says, well, why, why don't you ask the protesters? Well, they're wearing masks, obviously, to conceal their identity, but they're touching each other, spitting on each other, doing whatever with each other, sharing water bottles and having these fake medics, but whatever. Um, it's all hypocrisy. Just like this. Listen to this. What you're hearing is a lot of booing because a white woman at a Black Lives Matter event that was held said all lives matter. So the mob goes after her. And then the leader of the Black Lives Matter movement says the woman doesn't know what she is talking about. And she is hate. What? Can you hear the demons? Can you hear them shrieking? Can you hear them yelling? This is what we have. We're up against people that don't know how to behave, how to speak, how to actually make sense. Because if we did, then they would understand what we are saying. They would understand that they are simply pawns that are being used by the Democrats. They want a war. If and we've talked about this since 2018, right, on air, right? Before that, I've been writing about it. But we talked about it on air, how the president was supposed to already have done so, but they won't, change the face of our financial exchanges. I told you back in 2018 that that is the goal. This is where we are going. That is where we are heading. Because that is the only way to remove all power from those that rule us. I told you the debt you have will go to zero. Everything will be zero, 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 zero. And a lot of people have come to me saying, well, what do you suggest I do? I don't suggest anything. I'm not a financial advisor. And you know what I suggest you do? Just pray. It always works out. Always works out when you are good to the court always. You know, I say this and, and, and I can't repeat it enough in the most darkest times of my life. And there haven't been many, but the most recent, which was the most crippling, you know, it may not sound like that, but I've, I've been completely crippled as a human being, uh, you know, from that side of me, uh, that, that time was so dark that I could have just lifted my pants, put on my boots and just powered through. 
uh, you know, I, it was devastating to me. I, 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 everything was shattered for me. My reality, my human reality was shattered and I, and I had, it totally took the floor out from under me. And one thing I noticed throughout my life was that people that had faith had faith in something bigger than them, had faith in God and turned to him. We're always blessed. We're always blessed. And suddenly, as I have no floor under me, I'm literally hanging. All I do is fall to my knees and pray and everything gets better. So as we anticipate to see how this moves forward, aside from being vocal, standing our ground, right? Being solid in what we believe, we must also never forget to have faith because in the end, God always wins. And it will be the most amazing United States of America anyone's ever seen. That anyone's ever seen. The thing is that those of you out there saddened, oh, I'm just, you know, he could have done this. He could not you know, I don't want to say it, but, and then there's people that actually say it and they're critical. And then people that are angry, oh, he didn't do it. I'm feeling is because they don't get it. They don't see it. And you know, I shouldn't talk. I'm a time traveler. I already know how this is going to work out. Well, I know how it's going to work out on all timelines, uh, good and bad. And right now it's looking really good. Really, really good. I mean, I'm kind of excited to see how it will play out. You know, it's, it's another thing. Remember, could you, could you imagine while you're, um, you know, the Gettysburg Address, you've read about it, you know, you've, um, uh, you know, uh, watched movies about it, drew, drew pictures when you were a kid about it. Well, now they don't, right? Because that, that might be racist too. But imagine being able to be there to see it. Hmm? Imagine being able to be in the middle of World War II as a, I don't know, as a spy um, and seeing both sides of it. The truth. Not what the books tell you. The truth. And it's kind of exciting, right? So right now, having, uh, knowing the outcome and just like the synopsis of, oh, and you know, like in a book, you don't like put all the details. This happened, this happened. It's just like, whoa, there was a red summer and it was all this and there were false flags and then, you know, now you get to live it. It's kind of exciting, but scary, exciting, right? Scary, exciting. Cause you're just like, hold on a second. I'm totally living this. This is like super history and I'm living it. So all of you should be excited, regardless if you know the outcome or not, based on the faith that the good is good is going to win. And based on the faith, that's going to be exciting. I mean, come on, think about it. Your grandkids, if you're blessed with any, uh, and if you're blessed to be alive long enough to see them, will be asking you about this. They'll be writing reports about this forever and ever and ever and ever. That is what you are living right now is history. And your voice on social media, on, you know, by writing articles, comments, supporting those who do it too. Uh, you know, Project Veritas, what they're doing too. Laura Loomer, she's going to be elected. I told you that. I said that in 2018 before she even knew she was running. The thing is, if you, if you have faith, <laughs> nothing can stop anything. And, uh, you know, this comes along to how you see things. 
We're here. We're present now. But, it, you know, how will you look back on yourself in the future? I was having a conversation with someone late last night who's, uh, you know, partaking in these, you know, infiltrations of certain uh, campaigns. And um, he said something, you know, awesome. Well, I'm just going to put it out there because in the future, I'll be like, look, I had to do it. And I'm like, yes, everyone should be thinking like that right now. Everyone should be thinking like that. Everyone, every single person should be thinking like that, that uh, in the future, how will I look back on that action that I did, that tweet that I did, that donation that I did, that, you know, sign that I made, the, the, the sign that I put in my front yard, the sticker on my car. How did it make me feel? This is where we should be right now. No fear. No fear. Now, you know, I told you guys I, I, about the skateboard incident and how weird it was. It was so bizarre. But it comes down to the fact that I had a target on my back. Why? Because my vehicle has a huge Trump sticker on it. And again, you know, people are like, maybe you should take it off. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not. Because I don't believe someone's going to kill me over a sticker. Because I don't believe that is my destiny. Well, maybe it's because I know where I'm going. Uh, maybe. Not really. But Maybe. So this is where our voice matters and our voice counts in every single portion of this. We have people that are losing so much faith. And it's like, listen, I can't take each and every one of you and shake you and say, look, when do demons screech? When does the witch go? I'm melting. And she's screaming high pitched when they're dying. Look at the Democrats now. How many of them are not turning up because coronavirus? How many of them are shrieking at the top of their lungs? How many of these reporters are freaking out and whiplashing back? How many of them are begging social media to rip your tongue out? How many of them? That's your evidence. That's your proof. I mean, what do you need? Oh, I need to see a perp walk. Well, that's not going to happen now. Because if you can't see that the loudest voices out there, the biggest platforms out there, the people that are more considered influential because of the consumerism that we're about are the ones that are going down and that you will never see before they come down and bend the knee. We have massive businesses, massive businesses backing a civil war. They're aching for it. They're backing it. Starbucks, Walmart, Target, Amazon, you name it. They're backing it. How many? I mean, even Yelp and DoorDash and Uber Eats are like, here's where you're going to buy black owned business food. Why? What about the white owned ones? They don't count. What about the Irish ones? The native American ones, the Lebanese ones, the, the Palestinian, the Israeli, whatever. What about them? You don't nominate restaurants for them. That's because they're inciting a war <laughs> and they are pushing and pushing and pushing. And you know, the more you push, the more you see how much someone can take and what they are doing is pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until we crack, not the president until we crack because our president is great at doing the best thing he can right now. Talk, 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 waffle, 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 play dumb so nobody can see anything coming. 
That is pure genius. <laughs> He's just this, man. You have no idea who he is. He's just that. Nope. Because you wouldn't be attacking him if he was just that. You wouldn't be attacking him if he was just a reality star. You wouldn't be attacking him if what he's doing is nuts. You wouldn't be attacking him. <laughs> you would be like, whoa, not even talking about it. That's what you usually do to losers, right? You don't talk about them. Here is where you matter. For anyone out there that's causing this division and saying, oh, you know, um, we like to think that, but it's totally not. Look, the GOP are full of losers, full of losers. I mean, look, we already handed our server over the GOP server to the Chinese. Now, my article, obviously, hopefully they have changed their systems after exposing Ms. Ronna McDaniel, but she still sits there and people are like, why? And it's like, stop, let's just play dumb. And yes, there are times that there are people, I see people around my president that I'm like, why is he still there? Jesus, why is he there? He's actually doing something. Gosh, he's so smart. So, so sneaky. Ooh, I want to pull his ear off. Mm. But I have to have faith that the other good people around the president are seeing that too, that it's not just me. And it's important for you to understand that the outsiders are the outsiders that the media hates. The outsiders that are constantly being attacked. The outsiders that are being throttled. The outsiders that are, well, I don't know what to mean. The real outsiders are the ones that are cutting through the noise. So for you to see what's really going on, what you should do is step back and see who's talking about what's really going on, who's talking about what everybody else is talking about, and who's totally lost the plot. You can see that. You can see what's important. Like uh, this morning, I saw John Solomon write a great article about how, you know, there were emails and that, you know, there wasn't a follow-up on the Ukraine. I'm like, dude, you all know that's not the story. I mean, if I listen to the audio and I know I may or may not still remember where it is, still waiting on approval to use it. The conversation that the AG of New York had with Berman when he got fired and locked out of his account had nothing to do with that. And you know what? I'm almost convinced that someone heard that conversation because there are over collections and there are warrants and we know exactly what his deputy wants to do because de Blasio's wife is not going to get away with 1.8 billion. That's a B boy, 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 boy dollars. <laughs> Cause she feels like it. Okay. That's not going to happen. Not on our watch. And when I say our watch, there's a lot of us. Oh, a lot. A lot of people that have been upgraded. <laughs> Feels like it's a video game because it totally is. So let's see this really interesting part of uh, this uh, coronavirus conversation that they're having right now. And, you know, how... Just take a listen. This is... Uh, so we have partnered uh, with BARDA and HHS, um, as well as the Mayo Clinic, to develop what's called an expanded access program. We have safety data from over 20,000 patients that shows this is a very safe therapy. And our preliminary assessment of the effectiveness of this plasma, very safe therapy, and our preliminary assessment of the effectiveness of this plasma is quite encouraging. We continue to look at the information 
Um, if those data hold, we will have uh, potentially another weapon in the armamentarian against COVID-19 pending those final results. This will also allow us to have information that will feed the development of monoclonal antibodies and something else called a hyperimmune globulin, which we can pull that plasma and actually give it as an injection to people. So I think uh, it's, a, it's a good news story right now. We have to wait for the final data to come in, and we should know very shortly about that. There are also several randomized trials looking at this as well that are ongoing across the country. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Redfield, CDC has developed a new test to uh, simultaneously detect uh, two strains of influenza and the COVID-19 and is seeking an emergency use authority. How does the CDC envision its combined test to be used? Yeah, I think it's uh, very important, uh, as I mentioned, as we get to the fall, we're going to have influenza and COVID at the same time. Um, and CDC is develop, developing that test for the public health system. But in parallel, the private sector now has also advanced, got advanced development. Maybe Dr. Hanmont's comment on similar tests in the private sector. So to facilitate uh, a timely diagnosis of these two co-circulating pathogens. Dr. Han, do you want to comment on that? For yes, sir. In cooperation with uh, Admiral Girard, we, we have been working with companies to actually look at that. Uh, Admiral Girard has been at the forefront of this. And it's been a great Admiral? partnership. I, I would just agree with my colleagues. We're all concerned about the possibility of co-circulation of influenza A and B as well as COVID-19 when it comes to flu season. So we want to do everything we can to simplify the diagnosis. And you can have, a, if you have a single test, and we're working with multiple manufacturers. As is usual, the CDC is usually in the lead, but there are multiple manufacturers, both at point of care and laboratory, who will have this type of test available. All right, excellent. Um, you all have been subject to a lot of criticism, as has the president. Um, often that's leveled after uh, we know facts we didn't know at the time when things started. Um, and so it's really great if you have hindsight and 2020 vision. You can look back and say, should have done that then. I want to look forward. Um, what is it you need from Congress that you do not have now to have America ready for the fall? What should we be preparing for now um, for the fall? I don't care who wants to start, but I'm down to a minute to answer. So, Dr. Redfield? I think first I want to just express our appreciation to Congress for the supplemental funding. Um, I think it's of note that CDC has been able already to uh, disperse $12 billion to the states to help prepare their COVID responses, and really that's an unprecedented amount right. of resources. I would only ask that we look to how to make this a sustainable investment as opposed to a sporadic investment to this particular challenge we have right now. All right. Dr. Fauci, what do we need to worry about? What don't you have? Well, I, just to reiterate what, what Dr. Redfield said, we are extraordinarily grateful for the you know, the unprecedented amount of supplementary funded that the Congress gave to us, which really make it totally possible for us to do the kinds of things we need to do on an emergency basis. Right. But again, to mention what Dr. Redfield said, we have to establish some corporate memory. I've said to this committee literally many times over the many years that we forget things uh, when we get distant from them. Yeah. We're going through a terrible ordeal right now. We need to have in place the stable type of support for preparedness for outbreaks. We will get through this. This will end, hopefully sooner rather than later. But we need to establish a system so that we are prepared for future outbreaks. Thank you. Mr. Chair, could the other two just answer that, that question quickly? Admiral? 
What do you need you don't have? What should we be worrying about? Um, I want to express my thanks again to right. the committee, but let me get to, to the points. Uh, I think sustainability and commitment is very important. I was involved in Ebola in 2015 in Dallas, uh, trying to lead some of the policy options during that time. And you see over a five-year period, we sort of forgot all the lessons that we were trying to get implemented, including PPE and other stockpiles. Um, I would say some of the biggest limitations, and I know everyone is working on this, is the national data infrastructure we need. Uh, when we started out, I'm calling up 100 hospitals a day trying to understand who's on an ICU bed, who's not, who has a ventilator, how much you have left. Okay. And we got through this early, not by systems, but by people working 24-7. The third thing is I'm just going to pound at the vaccine infrastructure in this country uh, to promote vaccination, to promote vaccine confidence, to make sure that people have the right information about safety and efficacy, that we uh, order enough flu vaccine because we really need to get everybody vaccinated this winter. Uh, one thing that minimizes our problems, if we get everybody flu vaccine, that's one less virus that could kill 20, 30, 50,000, 70,000, and potentially even be a co-infection with COVID. Dr. Hahn? Yeah, thank you. Um, again, thank you for the support. Uh, one big point I want to make here is that what we've learned during this uh, epidemic is what Admiral Jarrah said, is that we have an access to information issue. We have learned that we need to collect real-world evidence in real time during an emergency, just like a doctor would do during an emergency, to inform decisions and how we could change them moving forward. So your support for real-world evidence generation would be incredibly helpful. Uh, so now we're going to move to uh, our members based on uh, seniority. And I think our next few are, um, are uh, virtual. So just remind you to unmute. If you don't do so on your own, I'll just keep reminding you. So next we have um, Mr. Rush from Illinois. I want to thank you, Mr. Chairman, for holding this important hearing. Last week, the Health Subcommittee held an informative hearing on the racial and ethnic health disparities. Yeah, so technical problems. Once again, obviously, when I'm trying to access um, my quantum center, this always happens. But we'll leave that story for another time. <laughs> ah, a little humor can go a long way, doesn't it? So here is where we see um, what is really occurring. Uh, they're warning you of the flu and the coronavirus coming. They're warning you to be terrified. But I'm going to tell you, they're going to try to get a martyr status now. And uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, because aside from the fact that, um, we have, you know, martyrs made of career criminals, and I have an article coming today, um, talking about George Floyd, uh, talking about the charges, talking about the fact that they're constantly not, uh, giving, um, us, you know, uh, the, uh, body cam footage. They're not releasing any information, uh, which is bizarre in itself. Uh, but, you know, aside from the George Floyd, we're going to have a new martyr, Raz Simone. He's supposed to be the new martyr soon. And, you know, I'm telling this guy, you know, he can, um, you know, save himself. He can, you know, be the person that does actually 
create change. Raz Simone can create change. You know how? By telling the president everything by asking for help because you're not going to be a martyr. History is going to remember Raz Simone the way other people that had begun movements are going to be known. He's going to be known as the Nazi, uh, the, the, the black Nazi, right? He's going to be known as the person that allowed murders to happen. When you threaten their seat and you are a threat, when you threaten to expose them, they will take you out and it won't be through their hands. It'll be through the hands of those that surround you. So if he's smart, we still got a few days. He can do that because right now he's on a no flight list. No, no, anything he's flagged everywhere. He can be flagged in. This will be what will be the end for Raz Simone. He thought he was an agent of change. He sold his soul to the devil for like, what, $90,000? And he believed that he was doing good. Hey, he can see that all of this is going to come right back at him when he's going to be standing trial for all these murders if he survives that long. So if he wishes to survive, he should speak to the president. But you know, how do you speak to him without them knowing you speak to him? Because the people around you are there simply to control you. Huh. Your friends, right. There's no such thing. Money makes enemies really quick. A promise of, you know, immunity makes enemies really quick. Raz Simone is going to be the next, not a martyr, not a martyr. And this is, you know, this should concern everyone, regardless if he's an idiot, regardless if he's a loser, regardless if he sold his soul to the devil. We need to pray for him that he is able to communicate and make sure that he is safe because he is not safe. <laughs> They've already got the replacement on the back burner to go for trial. And, you know, that mayor of Seattle Like I said, we should pray. Mm, prayer is such a powerful tool. I really wish people used it a lot more than they do. I really did. I do. If only they did. Here's the official song for the Democrat Party, by the way. It's a pretty good one.
sweet little lies, and many people don't seem to get it. Everything's a lie. Everything. And you know, it's who are you in the end, right? Who are you? Who is, who's in charge? What's going on? What's really the core of it? Hey, why don't you just have faith and think outside the box? Why don't you have faith and maybe listen to the who? Mm. I mean, I can't make it more clear. more naked. So here we are where, you know, nobody knows, uh, you know, where the future is leading supposedly. Yes, you do. You can see it. I mean, I'm telling you, but you can see it too. Uh, you don't need, uh, to be a time traveler like me. You can see it. You don't need a quantum computer to tell you, you can see it. And for those of you that can't just follow the money that tells you everything you need to know. You'll know who, what, when, and where pretty simple because the money leads to everything and wait till you see the Obama campaign video. Now that will tell you almost everything you need to know because if the book that Bolton put out, isn't telling you if the revolving door that we have seen, isn't telling you if all the madness that you are watching on your television set, isn't telling you, well, then what? Yeah, Rushmore. <laughs> Here we go. So that is the standoff. That is where we need to have our hearts and our prayer focused on. Because the evil in this world is done by all. By all, you don't need to be a certain class or with a certain bank account or a certain color, height, race, culture, whatever, to be evil. You just have to be one of the minions. And one of those minions, uh, you know, that is trending on Twitter is Carlos Dillard. If you noticed, he was upset that someone flipped him off in road rage, whatever. And he posted a video where he wanted to destroy a woman's life. This is where we've got, this is the problem with the United States of America. And you know, Obama, who claimed that he's going to be going to Canada, we know it's Qatar, Qatar, you know, but anyway, maybe he needs to go with him. <laughs> Listen to that. A former president, so salty that, you know, his legacy is being undone. That will be impeached is like, well, if he gets reelected, I'm going to Canada. Nobody cares where you're going. You rob the American nation. Not only that, you rape, financially raped, and, and then some, the Ukrainians. 
Because you thought that the crowns were just going to bow down to you, Preachy Boy. They created you. They created you. That means they control you. You thought. You had ideas. Because Brennan did. Because just like the good guys, there's the sort of good guys. There's the, I don't know, I'm kind of a good guy, not a good guy. And then there's the, I'm not a good guy, but maybe a little bit of a good guy. It's a spectrum of evil. Okay. Spectrum. And just like how we see those advocating for sovereignty of the United States of America, we have a spectrum of idiots, of idiots and clowns in the GOP that fall into the, well, I'm I'm a good guy, but not all the time. You know, they're worried about their stock portfolios too. Because it's going to mean absolutely nothing. And if they would get on board with it, if they really cared about America, if those Democrats that tell you that they want you to have prosperity, if those that you elected wanted you to be debt free, if those Americans that wanted you to have a job, produce, be productive in society, have that white picket fence and 20 kids. I don't care if it's two women that are having children, two men that are having children. It's their business. But why can't everybody just enjoy what the United States of America was intended to be? This will not be, and this Atlantis will not fall into the same fate. Because 13 of them, the same 13 lines, have come again full circle. And this was way out of line. They sped up the timeline, and one has to think why. Because there is no change in any shift of timeline to get something done. There is no change and push to rapidly implement something unless there is what? A stimulus, right? There's got to be some external pressure. So obviously expanding your mind, thinking of external pressure, you know, you can sit on that for a bit. It's not something that I would even comfortably say. But what you need to understand is your strength. You need to understand your weakness. What my weakness is that I'm way too empathic, way too sensitive. And that's because I, I came into the most horrible situation. Anyone, I would never even think of my enemy going through what I went through. And so you know, now I realize what my weakness is. Do you know what yours is? Do you know where you would bend over and say, all right, let me help you take over. Do you know, these are the questions you should ask yourself because a lot of people can come out with their swords and guns blazing online, but which one of you are really going to stand tall? And the only ones that are going to stand tall, I'm just going to say this are the ones that have their plant, their feet planted so hard into the ground, standing so strong with the word of good, the word of God, that nothing can blow them down. And even though I, I, I am, you know, someone would say broken in a way, right? My feet are still standing planted firmly on the ground. And no matter how much, you know, I may bend at the waist, I may bend at the neck, I may be crushed. Um, I will still stand there because If you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. And right now we're under severe attack. I mean, you know, the warfare that is going on is ridiculous. The people that have been selected through time, part of this group to move forward, 
are being attacked one by one by one by one. And their identities are the most substantial prize that they can get. If you can identify this person or those persons, you will have eternal money <laughs> and your bloodline will survive. We trust us. This is how far they go. And unfortunately it comes and it stems from within our own federal agencies because a threat, an unknown threat to evil is also, unfortunately, to those that are kind of good, but not really good, but they're kind of, they're good enough, right? You're a threat to them too, because they don't understand you. So your task going forward for the next, um, you know, seven plus four plus five. So we're talking 15, 16, uh, I'll say 17 days is, um, to stand firm at least on one matter, because I do get messages from a lot of people that are pessimistic, but it's because you don't see it. You haven't been trained to see it. Hopefully I can shed some light on that. Like this Berman thing is a big deal, guys, a big deal, a big deal that a U.S. attorney was fired publicly and then publicly said, I'm not leaving. Understand. When does that ever happen? Never, ever. But it happened in this day and age, <laughs> in this day and age, it happened and no one is thinking, well, you know, that sounds to be a little bit weird. Now, remember I told you that story about the slave ship owner and how he was on trial and then civil war broke out and he got away with everything and so did everybody else. It's kind of glad to hear Tucker Carlson kind of talk about stuff like that. But let's listen to what else Tucker Carlson had to say about this race war, because this is very, very important. This is where all of us are losing hope, because how are they going after Roosevelt? Listen, Roosevelt was the one that signed that order, that executive order to confiscate the Bush's property, if you remember, for funding Hitler. Do you remember that? Mm. But Roosevelt, at the tail end of what he did, sold out America regardless. Reagan did, too. But... We like to think of the good things of people when they're dead, right? Unfortunately for Bush 41, there is no good things he did, but I digress. Let's take a listen to what Tucker had to say at the tail end of this. End quote. Before you dismiss that idea as absurd, the rantings of some crank on social media, keep in mind that Sean King is the most famous Black Lives Matter leader in this country. Black Lives Matter is now more popular than either major political party. So don't be surprised when they come for your church. Why wouldn't they? No one is stopping them. The forces of destruction have grand ambitions. It's not just about the Teddy Roosevelt statue. They plan to rule this country. What will happen if they do? Well, you may imagine that self-defense is your bulwark against chaos. In this country, you assume, you can always defend yourself and your family. That's a pillar of our civilization, of all Western civilizations. This woman assumed that, too. On Wednesday, she was driving through Louisville, Kentucky. According to Louisville police, the woman found herself surrounded by protesters who were blocking the road. They stood in front of her car with a megaphone. She argued with them to let her pass. One of them produced a gun. The woman tried to flee. We're showing the dramatic tape on your screen right now. Look at it. When the woman stopped at a red light a block later, another protester pointed a gun at her again. She hit the gas and made it home alive. 
On Sunday, National Public Radio published an article about the incident. The headline of that piece, quote, vehicle attacks rise as extremists target protesters. In other words, for trying to escape from being murdered, NPR called this woman an extremist who was, quote, targeting protesters. Think about that, and you'll begin to understand why so few citizens have tried to stop the mobs as they pillage our country. Now, I just wanted to point out, okay, NPR did do that, and they tried to paint a different picture when the facts remain the facts. Don't let that get you down. That just tells you how desperate they are. And again, why are we funding NPR and Voice America? Why is Bennett still getting our money? Hello? Like, I can't even afford to pay my quarterly tax uh, this quarter. Like, what are they doing? How is this happening? Right? All of you are saying it. This is a... It's okay. Because the more you see these insane things happening, the more you see the desperation. Remember, demons do not shout from the belly of the earth screeching if they're having a good time or if they're winning. They only screech when they lose. When does a serpent scream? When you step on it. When does, uh, you know, the bad guy scream when he's losing? That's what happens. So pay attention and enjoy it. Because this is what's happening. But ah, don't let that be misconstrued for kick back and relax. You still have to push through. You still have to move through. And you still have to stand firm to cut through that fabric, that social fabric that they so well weaved to be heard. Because the more people that hear you, the more people wake up. And the more people that wake up, the more light is shown on dark corners of this planet. Now, for us, our concern is the United States of America to make sure that the plan that was set for Christmas Eve happens. That's it. They've, they're screwing with Iran. They're screwing with North Korea, screwing with Syria. But thank goodness we have nations that have decided to stand firm, too. Pocket wars popping out everywhere that you don't even hear about. I have an article also coming, just so you know. I didn't even know this. And I'm like, I'm talking to my mother and like, I didn't know. But apparently in Greece, if you want to leave your house, you have to text the government. And I have screenshots of it to leave your house. You know, coronavirus and all. Kid you not. Um, I can't believe my mother didn't tell me that. (laughs) So I had my cousin send me screenshots because she actually complied with that stuff, uh, which is ridiculous. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Talk about freedom, right? Coming from the nation that created democracy, they've got leashes on them through their phones. Well, they have them here too, but we just don't see it. So again, listen to this, be outraged, but enjoy it because this is how you see they are losing. Because you're seeing this insanity. Think, we're having them testify now on coronavirus. Why are we spending money flying these clowns in and and, and talking about coronavirus? We got to find something to impeach Trump on. We got to find something new. So they're spending our money to go fishing. When, if this is such a big threat, instead of them testifying, instead of Congress testifying or having all these stupid hearings, right? They could sit down and get to work and actually legislate and fix our nation. But, you know, huh. like I said, they're losing so hard, they're insane. Antifa doesn't own the statues in your city's parks. It doesn't own your city. You do. You help pay for it. But what would happen if you tried to defend public property or even if you tried to defend your own property? You know the answer. 
You'd be swarmed by federal agents. You'd be Roger Stoned with the help and complicity of CNN and NPR and so many others. You'd be the criminal. There's no question. You've seen. Yeah, everybody's a criminal. Roger Stone is going to jail. And no one's, well, he's not going to go to jail. But regardless, he's supposed to be going to jail. Mm-hmm. I want him to go through that threshold and then be immediately pardoned. That's how it's going to happen. So listen, this is the bottom line. There is no reasoning with any of these people. And there is no reason that you're not speaking up. Uh, you know, I, I my daughter so many times... It's like, mom, mom. I'm like, no, like what? You know, no, no one's going to tell me how I should think or how. And and hopefully she's getting there. She's getting there. And every single one of you should do that. If if she was an adamant liberal, you know, and like disgusting videos, because I watch TikTok, right? (laughs) I love scrolling. I don't make any TikToks, but I scroll through all of them. Okay. And I watch everything. I follow a lot of people. And I, I realized one going theme, like these kids have no class. They have been obviously not raised by people that work or have any dignity whatsoever. Uh, you know, this is evil incarnated. You're seeing it in front of you every day. And please, if, if anything from today, I don't want you to be discouraged because for some reason, everybody is discouraged. Oh, you know, we're losing. They're doing all these crazy things. No, there's a lot going on in the back. I really wish I could say it. I really wish I could just drop that phone call. But the minute I post that, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to be swatted. (laughs) And then the source that gave it to me will be in trouble. And then they'll find the link of where I got it from and the whole nine years. I mean, accessing my quantum access just to see things sometimes, as you realize today I've been doing, also causes issues. Listen, you can't attack um, the people dead on. You have to get the message to be so open and so radical that they tell you who they are. Like I've been telling you who I am, but nobody really listens. But, you know, they'll tell you who they are. Show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Actually, I have really good friends. Um, and I'm so blessed lately that I've got so many great people in my life. And most of them are you (laughs) on that note. Again, do not be discouraged from what you see in the next 48 hours. Remember they're screeching. This is the last lash. You've seen it before. This is how demons cry for help with their last breath. I'll see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. God bless.